and welcome to the Arrow Panel. It's a podcast about Dance Dance Revolution and various other dance games. Uh, I am Dalton Runberg, at RunDaltonRun on Twitter, a.k.a. Blue Chow. And I'm Buzzard, a.k.a. James McGarren. Oh. <laughs> we almost spoiled the surprise there. I'm Omid, a.k.a. Demo, and we have a very, very special guest on today... Hello, I am Sarah Kilpatrick uh, at Sarah What's Up on Twitter. Sarah, yeah. what's up? What Sarah, is up? What's up? <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, dance game history briefly? Sure. So I've been playing dance games for uh, I think the better part of 13 years now. Uh, I started playing at home like most people. I was really into the ultra mixes for Xbox. Those were really my jam. Uh, started playing a bit of ITG after I moved to Toronto and got really into the competitive scene. Um, once I moved to San Francisco, I actually dropped out for about five years because I was just really focused on life and my career got back into it a few years ago and bought my own machine because that's what everyone does these days. Especially <laughs> in the Bay. <laughs> yeah, especially in the Bay Area. And I've been uh, uh, really into ITG, really into DDR. It's been a pretty big passion of mine for a uh, better part of my life. I believe you're our first international guest, even. I, uh, am I? Oh, I feel so special. Shout-outs to the, uh, the sisters up north. Shout-outs to Good Canada. Good old Canada. <laughs> the, the Mounties on the DDR machines. So. I do that. <laughs> yeah, I have, like, the full Mountie uniform. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Uh, well, thanks for uh, joining us on the show today. Um, moving on to some news here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the as part of the... <laughs> 20th anniversary announcement, we got big news of confirmation of the DDR movie, which we which we <gasps> already surprise. which we already knew about. So, yeah. so we, we know now in the DDR movie is when Konami will unveil DDR's first 20. Right? Uh. That's that's the long, it's, it's, the long uh, haul, right? It'll be like the it's the long con. They start off right away with the with somebody playing a twenty and they die. They just drop dead. It's gotta be something like that. Yeah, yeah it's gonna. Uh, it's the like the DDR fans are gonna be at the movie like the first twenty confirmed. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, if if playing a twenty doesn't make you drop dead, then I don't think it's really a twenty. <laughs> Fair <laughs> point. <Those> fighting words. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, there was there's some new merch added to the merch yep. page. Um, of the, the 20th anniversary DDR page. Uh, some keychains and things, I believe. So. And an arrow panel. Oh. Well, at least uh-huh. a soft version uh-huh. of one. Yeah. Uh, get one and think of it. And us. if you didn't know that it was a pun until now, <laughs> now you know. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which. <laughs> hey, Sarah, have you had any moments like that? <laughs> I've, I've had many moments off the course of my life. It just clicked to me the other day that, like, oh, the arrow panel. It's a panel of people, like we're sitting right now, and the physical arrow oh, panel on the yeah. cabinet. And about three months before that, she was like, oh, Demo is Omid backwards. <laughs> no, it's no lie. Uh, yeah, we've been hanging out for like a year, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, very clever. So. I, I, I would be uh, not lad if we're going with Omid's uh, <laughs> no. na- naming <laughs> structure. Lad. I would be not lad. Seamash. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Everybody can do it. Just some are better than others. And <laughs> yeah. you'd be. Her- Harass. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> what have you done? What have you done? Like I said, some are better than others. Yeah. Uh, than others. Uh, we don't choose this. Any, that, anyway. This never happened. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then more recently, there was the, this week, uh, there was the pop and music crossover. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we got three new songs. Two new songs. Uh, oh, excuse me. That's right. Two new songs. Well, well, yes. Gamers got three new te- songs. Te- Technically, <laughs> yes. There were there were three songs, um, but for DDR at least, there were just two. Um, there was uh, Anniversary, which is a new uh, U1 song. It's like anniversary DDR emoji, a pop and emoji. Uh, pop and right? pop, pop emoji, yeah, yeah, yeah. little pop and pixels. It's really cute. I like yeah, that. cute. Um, and it's a, a sixteen on expert. Pretty straightforward. No BPM changes or anything. Uh, it's probably one of the easier sixteens. I know somebody got it as their first sixteen PFC. I saw. Ooh, awesome! Um, I'm excited Twitter, for so. that. That's cool if you're you know um, up and coming player and. The new unlock or the new <laughs> release is your first 60 BFC. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, so that was exciting. And then also um, crossing over from Poppin' music was uh, Schrodinger's Cat, which is the English translation. It's uh, The title's actually written in Japanese. but mm-hmm. It's yet another cat song. Yeah. It's got quite a few cat songs. To, to be conf- mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to be confused with Strayed Cats and Neko Neko. and uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a uh, 15 on expert, um, just lots of sort of 16th notes and, and 12th note. And some very weird 12th notes, very controversial 12th notes, I would say. Some like, people don't like Like them. they're wrong or like they're hard? It or? depends on who you ask, oh. I think. They're definitely hard. Yeah, well, and especially the, the, the challenge 18 yeah. um, has 24th notes in it. I that was a bit controversial some people say those there's not actually 24th notes in there (laughs) but um yeah the the new 18 uh i don't know if you guys have seen it yet i saw your video that you posted on twitter i may have um it's uh the the song is 187 bpm so it's pretty fast lots of 16th notes uh some 12th note crossovers kind of like vanessa are in there Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, there's lots of twenty fourth bursts. One eighty seven. Uh, just just sets of three, like huh. like in the middle of crossover twelfth notes, and then there's mm. like okay twenty fourths thrown in. Um, so it's it's pretty technical, um, and it's also pretty tiring. Like the song doesn't really let up a whole lot. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, in anniversary, uh, there's an homage to Daikin Kai. No actually. way. I actually did not notice that. Yeah, that somebody pointed out um, in the the Facebook group or on Twitter that um, in in the section in the middle of anniversary, which is uh, you know the crossover song between Poppin and and Daikinkai is also in Poppin music, that there's a section of it that has eighth notes that are the same pattern as Daikinkai. Hmm. Um, so it's kind of a, a nice cute. nice little homage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then crossing over into Poppin music from DDR was uh, Come to Life. Which is totally not a pop and music song, but it's certainly a good song. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, an interesting it, choice. But then again, I don't know, have you seen pop and music lately? It's kind of, the, the song choices, there's no really theme no, anymore. No, there's no there theme. There used to be a theme. I mean, isn't there like one genre per song? <laughs> yeah, they, they, like, they I mean, do still do that. It's wacky. But like, is Come to Life even like a 2DX song? It just, it's so... It just, just seems like a very DDR very song. DDR. Yeah, but maybe that was... I mean, people were saying Schrodinger's Cat is a very it's, like odd song to put into DDR, yeah, too. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. maybe that was on I'm going to find out song. tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty cool pop and music uh, crossover event because both games are kind of having their anniversary right now. Um, and then there was also, kind of surpri- by surprise, there was 
uh, announcement about the 8th KAC. Which is a little early this year, I think. Last year, wasn't it kind of around December or January? Um, no, I mean, they, they usually it's, announce it yeah. in, in November. The, qual- the qualifying usually starts in, in late November. Um, so, yeah, the event itself will take place, um, the, the finals of KAC, which is the Konami Arcade Championship. For you, those of you who don't know, it's where Konami hosts kind of their big booth at uh, the Japanese Arcade Entertainment Expo in uh, Japan. Uh, showing off all their games and stuff. So they have these tournaments for a bunch of their games, with DDR being one of them. Um, so it'll be January 26th and 27th um, in... It's uh, Is it technically still Tokyo? Uh, it's like Chiba, so it's kind of pretty far out there. Yeah, it's a little bit outside of... Outside of uh, it's like a 30-minute t- train. Yeah. yeah. A little longer, maybe. Yeah, we went last year, so... Um, I just didn't know if it was technically still in Tokyo. Kind of, kind of a suburb. It's sort of like a Tokyo suburb. Yeah. Um, so the qualifying uh, period will be... These are Japan times. I didn't translate them into... To, <laughs> well, everybody's, to, everybody's to, listening. Is, in, into America time. times. But uh, <laughs> the qualifying will be Thursday, November 29th uh, at 10 a.m. So that'll be Wednesday, yeah, November be... 28th at like 5 p.m. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Uh Pacific time uh, through Monday, December 17th. So that'll be Sunday. Late. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. like late Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, December 16th for those of us in the US. Um, so that'll be the qualifying period. They haven't announced the songs yet, um, which will probably be coming during the Bimana. Is it Bimana B- oh, uh, stream? Bimana, yeah, Bimana. Uh, like live stream that they do where they're, they're going to be announcing kind of the rules and, and everything for all of the KAC. So that'll be on uh, November 20th, again, Japan time. So November 19th here. Um, so yeah, we'll be on the lookout for what songs will be the qualifiers. Um, Echo Spherics on Twitter pointed out that in the rules this year, there was no line that says that you have to play all the songs in one set. Interesting. Uh, in, in previous years, it was two sets of three songs. Mm-hmm. And you had to play... Like a group A, group B. Yeah, so you had to play the three songs like all together in one mm-hmm. set, and your, it would take your cumulative score for... Mm-hmm. Um, those three songs and but you could even pick expert or challenge and like there was like this strategy where delta max expert has more free zeros so therefore it had more EX. Pot- potential ex yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah same thing with like pluto relinquish right expert challenge depending mm-hmm. on which you were better at um yeah so it might it may have just been an oversight that that rule was not included this time they may add it later but we'll that was interesting to to point out so yeah, it might just be you can grind one song as much I, as you want. I personally <laughs> prefer that. I, I don't a think lot. I don't think it's as interesting. I think having things in a set I agree. I is, so. is is more interesting and more. It's way it's hard. a it's a better indication of, of skill I think rather than just gr- being able to grind one song or I mean it'll probably still be a handful of songs, but when you don't have to do it in a set. Yeah, um, I, I think actually, it's hard to argue against that. Like, I think like it's just like the it feels like a tournament when you have to perform your best on three in a row. Yeah, and I, I like doesn't. the strategy involved too. Like, you yeah. kind of have to 
think about what songs are going to tire like you order. out, yeah. which one's going to make, what, which mm-hmm. one is going to like lead best to the next one. Yeah. So but a lot of remote tournaments have been doing like Valkyrie Dimension and Summer Fairy Tale. There were these sets that you had to perform on, and it's hard to be consistent, perform at your best mm-hmm. at th- for three different songs in a row. Yeah. It's uh, it's very tricky. Those tournaments are interesting because didn't you also have um, for like Valk? Didn't you have like standalone songs? We did. So how how did those work together? Not so, to too much of a tension. So for Valkyrie Dimension, there were uh, t- two main objectives. You had your, your stamina set, mm-hmm. uh, where you had three different songs that you had to play in a row, and then you get your uh, cumulative X score for the set. Mm-hmm. And then there was another set of individual songs, which you could grind as I you like saw that. fit. Okay, so you should do something like that, honestly. Yeah, yeah have, so have, 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 like, have like a set, yeah. and then also individual songs. Maybe like a hard 18 or a 19 for the individual songs, mm-hmm. to, yeah. like, to make you... Still, to James's point, still challenge you on like some axis mm-hmm. instead of like it just being like a 16 or 17 that you could just grind and get like you know the top players will just all get under 10 per fix or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, lots to think about there. Um, we can move on. Yeah, so there will be, and they also kind of changed up how the the uh finalists will be determined. So there will be uh one spot for Korea, one spot for the rest of Asia, one spot for the US. Two spots for Japan, uh, one coming from... They're going to have uh, regional tournaments for, like, like semi-qualifiers for each region of Japan, West hmm. and East, um, which they did last year as well. Um, so there'll be two from Japan, and then the number one seed overall, uh, regardless of region. So there's still the potential for two Americans if... Gotcha, so six total. Yeah, so there will be six total. If there's still... If an American gets first place... Then, then they automatically qualify. Um, but then the next highest person down uh, from America will also qualify. But if somebody from another region qualifies first, then uh, America will only get one representative. It's so, pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, so this, it, this it, seems it, fine to me. Yeah, like... it's like a reverse wild card. Like two years yeah. ago, they yeah. had they had the third place person mm-hmm. from any region qualify, basically. Yeah. I think this breeds good competition. Like, people are just going to be gunning for the number one spot. Yeah. So, um, I don't think all the details have been about, like, the event itself. Like, how seeding may come into play, you know, for song selection or something, maybe. I don't know if all those those rules and stuff have been announced yet. But, um, yeah, for the time being, that's how qualifying will work. Um, Do you want to talk about the changes in the software, too, for... uh... Uh, people who are entering KAC qualifying. Oh, yeah. So there's a couple of things that... Uh, so the DDR... Uh, so if, if you um, enter the qualifier, which is... You do that through the website, which is... Uh, yeah. P.E.E.A.G.A.T.E.J.P. or something like that. Yeah, so if it, you, this is just if you register for KAC yeah. at all. You get certain benefits. Yeah, so you get um, your, your um, heat gauge uh, increases faster... Uh, during extra savior and extra stage level starts at two level two which is pretty cool so that for those of you that don't know extra stage has uh, different levels depending on your heat meter Um, so you start at level one obviously and then uh, when your heat meter gets to a certain level then you go to level two so on and so forth and it just makes it easier to unlock things and and yeah so uh, you get access to more songs uh, in your extra stage yeah so uh, another one of the registration benefits was listed as um, you can play new songs so that 
it kind of implies that, like last year, there will be new songs yeah. specifically for KAC. Last year, it was Be a Hero and uh, Reach, Reach the Sky, the sky. Yeah. Uh, Without You. With you? Without, without, without you. Without you. <laughs> 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 That's, um, RTSWY. Yeah, so that looks like it's going to be the case again, is that there may be new songs. Yeah. Um, so if you want to play the new songs, just register. Yep. Um, it's kind of weird for Americans. You have to register. Uh, really, if you want... If you have a, a, a jet, Japanese account, which a lot of people do, so they they can get Pacelli and stuff. If you have a Japanese registered Konami ID, you can still register for KAC and your region will be just Japan if you don't care about, like, if, you know, you don't think you're going to be going to the finals or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to switch to the U.S., um, you can't, you don't have to buy a new card. Um, you just have to create a new Konami Konami ID registered to the U.S. and then you can uh, detach your card from your previous account and then attach it to your new account and there's a really helpful guide for this on uh, ddrcommunity.com and we'll send out the link uh, after the show yeah there's there's one on bimani style too i remember the bimani style one. yeah if you just search like bimani style uh attach detach is what i looked up the other day to send it to somebody it'll it'll come up mm-hmm. and it kind of shows you how to detach your card and then reattach to a new konami id um I believe during that time you'll lose access to the the basic course subscription if you had that on your your other ID. Um, so you won't be able to use the score manager app if you use that. You won't be able to update stuff automatically or change options like fast slow or uh, darkest filter. Yeah, well, it'll retain those options if you had them already. Yeah. Um, so you won't lose fast slow. Um, you just won't be able to change. It. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a kind of a bummer that they still haven't localized that kind of stuff for for the u.s but worth uh, noting too i believe on the kc site they explicitly mentioned that you can't retroactively change this oh yes so you are locked in with whatever region you register with yeah and, and, <laughs> so and, don't just poke around and register under your japanese account and, like i did uh, <laughs> and then be unable to change it later yeah and then yeah um it says that you could potentially be disqualified if you well, wouldn't that suck for me? Yeah, if you if you try and I mean, switch. If you already, I mean, if you already goofed, like, and it sounds like one of us already did, like, <laughs> I think us. it's it's fine because I, I'm pretty sure, like, um, you know, us we're we're gonna we being us have evolved, we're gonna keep up the kc.sfevolved.com site. Um, you can check it out right now. You can see last year's results. It's a really sweet site. Big props to, I believe, Roger. Roger yeah. Clark. Um, who put that together. And we'll keep that updated. You can, you can see your EX there. And then you can just match your EX and slot it in to, like, for example, if you're American. Um, just or see North, where you or North American. Yeah. Uh, you can just see where <laughs> you would be in the U.S. And then that would be your, like, take-home ranking. So it's not a huge deal if you're already goofed. Like, whatever. Yeah. But. So... We're trying to educate the people that still haven't done it. <laughs> Learn from my... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, nothing has really started yet, so there's no reason yeah. to, like, register right away anyway, so... Yeah. Cough, just, cough. just try to cough, jump cough, on the ball. Weekly. You know what? Relax, <laughs> um, Got a couple weeks. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let Sarah talk about something that she is an expert on. I am an expert at failing, which is a, a big theme behind Hack My Cab, so that was an excellent segue. <laughs> yeah, so we... We, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, today we wanted to kind of focus on um, sort of machine ownership 
for those people who have you know wanted to look into potentially buying a machine or if you have a machine um, sort of the upkeep and maintenance or modifications and uh, there's no better person for that than Sarah who runs uh, hackmycab.com thank you which is a great domain by the way <laughs> appreciate cool that it's all about the branding oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a very good looking website too yeah it is yeah um, so I, we got a lot of questions about, so how, how did you sort of get into, to modifying cabinets and stuff? Tell us your, your story. <laughs> I, I'd love to know, you know, just like you, you bought this cab. Did you buy this cab with the intent to hack it uh, into what you wanted or did you make no. just a few changes at first? I, so, uh, at, for some context setting, uh, once I started to get back into ITG a few years ago, uh, I, I found a few rogue machines, and I'm like, oh, it'd be great if I could play this again. But I was sad because there was no machines in arcades that were worth playing on. And then uh, I started connecting with people, and it's like, oh, wait, you actually own your machine now. This is how people play mm-hmm. dance games in 2016. Especially ITG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially ITG. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. What what does that look like? And at the time, I had the mentality that uh, I wanted to own an in-the-groove Dedicab. Uh, which were very rare and elusive, and that's why I spent a lot of my time at the arcades playing on. <laughs> and so I went on that quest and, and failed horribly uh, since I didn't really want to spend $10,000 on a machine. So uh, my next best, best option was to find something and maybe fix it up. I didn't have any grand plans. Um, so I found a... Uh, he was an arcade tech that has this warehouse of just sad machines that need <laughs> homes and love uh, a few hours away, and he had an extreme cabinet for sale. It was actually a, a Franken-cab. It had, like, a supernova marquee and, like, extreme decals and, uh, like, just branding <laughs> from all these different generations of DDR, and I'm like, I love it. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, it worked. It turned on. The inputs worked. I'm like, great. I can, I can work with this. And so when I, I got it home, again, I didn't really have any plans for it, but I'm like, I own this, I own this thing. What can I do to it? And so I started, uh, I started looking online to see if I'm like, you know, surely since I've last been in the scene, like, you know, five, six years ago, that someone's done something to help push this along, especially with how many people own machines these days. Like, there's got to be people that are blogging about this or have documented this. And uh, I was sadly disappointed. Um, so I was using... I, I found, what year was this? What's that? What year was this? Uh, this was in 2016. Um, and I, I was looking around trying to find resources to be able to figure out what can I do to this machine that I now own. And uh, um, I spent a lot of time using like Wayback Machine to try and pull up articles. Yeah, from like 2008. There was some stuff on ITG Freak. Yeah. I think it was um, what, what was it called? It's like like Rhythm Arcade yeah, or something. Maybe Rhythmatic. that was it. Bacon, yeah, yeah. Uh, bacon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but, I mean, there was some useful content that was just mm-hmm. gated behind you know years of deprecation. Totally. Uh, <laughs> and like, uh, like, like changed bro- domains and broken uh, photo. Broken photo bucket links. Yeah, so that was my sad journey. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I found out enough to get me started or at least point me in the direction of like, okay, there's this thing called a JPEG I can use to be able to connect this to a PC where I can run Stepmania. Um, so I got a, a, a bunch of the fundamentals down with that. Um, I, I had some spare time on my hands, and I'm a I'm a project person. I'm a kinetic learner, so I like taking things apart and putting them back together. And so, the the machine in its end state, um, it, it's it started just as a like, what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? Uh, and it was a really 
great passion project uh, for just being able to even push the boundaries of what I knew I could do. Because when I got this machine, I knew nothing, uh, like absolutely nothing about like how do the mechanics of these things work and uh, how do you design arcade graphics and how do you print them? Um, how do you work with backlit materials and what type of peripherals <laughs> do you need to be able to connect all this different hardware together? Uh, so that was a, a really interesting journey to go along. And when I mentioned um, being an expert in failure, there was definitely a lot of failure along that journey as well in learning how to do these different things. Yeah, so if, for those of you, if you're not uh, going to hackmycab.com right now and looking at it, uh, you went well beyond just putting <laughs> mm -hmm. ITG on your, I did. your lovely new DDR cabinet. So uh, you went a little crazy. I so, went a little crazy. I was thinking, yeah. uh, fast forward to now, um, because you have a different cab, right? I do. I'm on my it's second a, machine now. And it's now. a different Franken cab. <laughs> it, it which is. is why I was laughing when yeah. you tell me about the first yeah. Franken And, um, yeah, I think you've probably posted photos of it on your Twitter. I have. I, I almost definitely remember. Um, yeah, you, you, can you talk about, like, the? I guess, yeah, we're, we're skipping a lot in the middle, but, like, you're now getting, like, custom laser engraved. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like, can you, like, I guess, yeah, what... What is give us some of the examples of like what you've done to this cab? Yeah, yeah. so uh, my my previous cabinet it was a, a like a, a modified DDR Korean cab. Um, I ended up selling that to make more space in my house, um, and then I, I found myself missing owning a machine, and so I purchased a it, it's a pump it up pump it up FX cabinet mm -hmm. body, That's right. which is fairly narrow and can fit more conveniently in my garage. And high def screen, right? Uh, yes, it has a very nice, I believe it's um, a 42 inch HD screen. Um, it is quite a nice machine. The FX cabs, they, uh, they did a good job on them uh, with a set of SMX pads, mm -hmm. uh, which now have like two different size bars and uh, <laughs> um, I have like there. a custom PC <laughs> that I slipped in there. Um, but it's a... Uh, it, it ended up being another passion project, and uh, I bought it, and it was like it was done for all intents and purposes. I'm just like, okay, this is I don't need to big touch quotes. this. <laughs> yeah, big air quotes right now. Um, but it was sitting there, and I'm like, I went, what what can I do to this? <laughs> uh, so I um uh, so with with FX cabinets, there's a lot of lighting panels. There's mm -hmm. there's equalizers, and there's like really big plastic uh, covers for different lights across the machine. Um, so uh, one of the things that has happened over the past few years is that plastics have become more available and like things like laser, laser engraving mm -hmm. has become more accessible and affordable. Um, so I designed a bunch of different parts to replace the ones that were existing. And that was a pain because I had to micro measure all of these weird angles and curves <laughs> and it was uh, very tedious to actually measure out all of these oddly dimensioned parts. Uh, uh, fun, um, but just annoying and hard. <laughs> and well, I, I wanted to make it white, uh, mm -hmm. and figuring that out was tedious because I used laminate paneling and vinyl paneling and went through a few different techniques that were uh, annoying and expensive and like just didn't look good or, or, or however else it ended up failing, but uh, ended up in a pretty good place mm -hmm. with it. Super cool. So speaking of lighting, I think one of the coolest things about your previous machine, which I had the honor of playing on <laughs> a couple times, was that you, you like built your own like lighting panel, like equalizer thing, kind of kind of on the front of us. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that was uh, 
arguably one of the coolest parts of that cabinet. <laughs> uh, so um, I was inspired by, I think it was the, uh, one of the most recent versions of Pump It Up, but like the version before last. There's a, a Pump It Up cabinet that has this light bar in the front. They have like a row of LEDs and then they cascade down some textured plastic. Um, they look really cool when you're playing. And I'm like, I want something like that. <laughs> uh, I also love lighting. I love playing with LEDs and working mm. with LED projects. You, you um, got LEDs all over your house. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really do. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I, I like lights. I like shiny things. Um, shiny, shiny. So uh, uh, I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? So I didn't necessarily have a plan, but I'm like, I have a bucket of LEDs and I have an Arduino and like, what can I do mm-hmm. with this? Uh, so the, the way I approached that is first I wanted to see how I could program the lights. And uh, I am, I, I'm not a developer. Like I can like copy and paste stuff and like kind of hack stuff together as long as no one sees the back end. It, 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 it can be functional. Same. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know Stack Overflow exists. Uh, oh, absolutely. I went to the school of Google. About cab overflow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, start new domain. Uh, so I, I just had this strip of LEDs, and I was uh, uh, tinkering around and playing around with it. And uh, um, I was working off this tutorial for an equalizer, and I found that if I could just, uh, if I rewired the strips in a certain way, then it could create this really cool um, kind of horizontal equalizer effect that went along to the music and uh i was really happy with the way that turned out and i think it was a really beautiful piece to that cabinet which i think made it especially unique yeah it's super cool super cool yeah. and i th- i from what i i should i and I, in hindsight i should have gone on the site before we chatted with you in the, in the booth <laughs> but um from what i remember there is a how-to on how to do that on your there is yeah, yeah, yeah okay. i have a tutorial so for remember... exactly how to do that cool. on my website yeah because when i got my stepmaniac cab i remember clearly going on your site <laughs> and say like what do I want to do and then ultimately I'm lazy and the opposite of Sarah so I have done nothing which yeah. I'm also happy to talk about but Sarah's way more interesting yeah yeah I, I'm the only one in the room right now who doesn't own a cabinet because hey someday buddy Sarah, Sarah's own two uh I did oh, own oh. two I will own two come January what what did, what did you have before Staminiacs uh the first arcade machine that I bought was in 2014, 15. I bought a Beatmania 3, the final oh, that's right. cabinet um, that a member of our community up here drove it up here from LA for me. Um, super grateful. Um, may have never gotten it if not for that, or just like would have had to pay like double for shipping. Um, so, yeah, so I just, like, I had that um, when I worked at Facebook. It was at the arcade there. Um, I feel very much like the folks of Zion Arcade, um, where, like, it's just way more fun to share. And so that's what I did. Um, and then after I left the company earlier this year, um, I decided it was just more of a hassle. Like, I wasn't getting a ton of joy out of it out of it just myself so i ended up selling it back to the same person who drove it up here for me uh for way less and and yeah and i bought a set maniacs probably i want to say i don't even know november last november so it's been about a year yeah Yeah. um and i love i love that um that's been great and i have a like streaming pc that i have like an hdmi splitter set up and i can just swap between my like Stepmania 5 slash streaming PC and the actual Stepmania X game. Yeah, if you guys have watched our streams at all uh, at 
Omid's house. Yeah, that's where we're playing on. Yeah, um, it's a pretty cool setup. And if and, you've seen the Fifth Mix stream a couple nights ago, that's on my machine. Or, yeah, extra, is, we've done Extreme Pro. Uh, which is in fantastic too. condition. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, it, it's Games come a long saint. way. Uh, <laughs> that, that thing, yeah, so that uh, there's quite a story behind that. I When I bought my first cab, I knew absolutely nothing about uh, owning machines. Uh, I actually didn't even really know the DDR community in the Bay Area very well, so I was kind of all on my own. Uh, ended up ordering this one from eBay and paid way too much money. Uh, so it's a Korean cab. At the time, I didn't know the difference between Japanese and Korean cabs. Um, and I think I paid like 2500 for it or something, which is way too much. Even even in 2015, I think is when I bought my cab. It's, but... it's just blowing my mind right now how we can have this casual conversation about the multiple arcade machines we own. And I'm just thinking back to past Sarah, oh, how like oh, the, yeah, like it just would have been so prohibitively expensive yeah. or mm-hmm. inaccessible. Like we wouldn't, be able to have this conversation even yeah. like eight years ago. Well, that, being an adult is great. Well, yeah. that, it's well, not, not even just like not just we can that. afford stuff, but it's like there's marketplaces for this. Yeah. Like, there's secondhand marketplaces. Mm-hmm. You can get a machine for like a grand two thousand dollars. And there's a support of, like, network. It, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah they're very much like as soon as I bought my machine actually um, I started meeting people in the in the Bay Area who were collecting machines too. It's a and, great uh, way to make new friends. It is. Have a DDR machine that people can play on for yeah. free. Yeah. It is yeah. really crazy. I, I do want to talk a little bit about what Sarah brought up because I do think it's really important. Like, if you're out there listening to this, like, the hell, like, all these, like, privileged, like, you know, just make more money than I ever will and I like, can just whimsically buy machines. Like, it's not what it is at all. Like, I like I also, like, I grew up, like, lower middle class and, like, it was always a dream for me. Like, I would go to arcades to escape, like, what was my reality. And so, like, my friends and I would always talk about, like, oh, yeah, when we grow up, like, we're going to just, like, have our private arcade and, like, it's going to be so sick. Our kids are going to, like, be friends and, like, at our arcade, like, all this stuff, right? Like, but then, like that's because you're at a time and place where like money is like i don't know it's just it it's like this weird foreign concept and then you like luckily if you're put in the right situation if you work hard and then you realize like oh money is actually something i can attain and then you save up and you achieve that dream that you've wanted and like well not not just that actually but i think the uh, because ddr has been around for so long <clears throat> now the uh, just the the supply of machines mm-hmm is is out there and mm-hmm. you know unfortunately it's a sad thing but like arcades are closing down yeah that is the sad part that is yeah, definitely that, yeah. sad that's part. the sacrifice for our game <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah so but yeah the upside is that the uh, there's now a supply of um you know well-loved machines uh, uh joining the ranks mm-hmm. of you know people on the internet yeah. so i so i think uh, that's a good segue into kind of our first point of uh, which which is how do you go about buying a machine? What, yeah. are, what are all the yeah. different avenues? Yeah, so you definitely, you don't need to have thousands of dollars even to you buy don't. a machine. You can right. you can get, uh, in fact, I actually know somebody who got one for free. Um, there was one that was being thrown away, had a broken monitor. Mm-hmm. But um, if you, you know, if you uh, know how to fix machines or at least have, have the motivation or the desire to learn how to fix machines... Um, then you can get one for very cheap. Yeah, I mean, I've heard plenty of people get them for around like five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like very like mm-hmm. find an old DDR machine. Plus, you know, this is all our, our hobby, and you know, people <laughs> spend a lot more money than five hundred yeah. bucks on their hobbies. And like, yeah, I, I think about how much money you spend every year playing DDR. Oh yeah, <laughs> just 
put yeah. aside that money and buy a machine. Not, like, not it's, insignificant. It's like, like, that is something that I feel like you can do. And, and yeah, like, even setting aside, like, like uh, my strategy was always when I didn't have money is just set aside X amount per paycheck. So, yeah. like, $25 a paycheck, $50, whatever you can do, that adds up a ton. Um, and it'll bring you a, a very uneven amount of joy um, <laughs> once you turn that saved money into like, yeah, the couple hundred dollars that turns into a machine. Yep, totally. For sure. Yeah, one of the questions that I would get uh, asked a lot is like, where where do I even start? Mm-hmm. Um, like even assuming that you you, you have the funds, like, like great, I have a whole wise. bunch of money, but like, um, uh, no, where like where do you find machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. uh, like like great, we we have bankroll. I have like a budget of like a thousand dollars or eight hundred or whatever it ends up being. But where do you even find these cabinets? Um, like there's obviously. Uh, there's buy sell uh, trade groups on Facebook, which mm-hmm. are pretty popular. If you're in the rhythm gaming community, for you can find various machines on there. But um, if you're not necessarily deeply involved in the community, or if you're not finding anything in your area, um, something I typically recommend to people is that there's a, a lot of arcade auctions yeah. that mm-hmm. are becoming more and more popular, which is really interesting to see that are typically uh, like all over the country that you can just, you essentially just Google this, like find out what's going on in your area. Maybe there's something coming up and there's always a relic DDR machine, if not multiples. Oh yeah. Uh, or something, yes, yeah, so well. other interested, interesting stuff that you might, mm-hmm. maybe you want to take a look yeah. at. I've always games. wanted to go to one of those. Yeah. I, yeah, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> same. Next yeah. one in Cali, let's, let's take a road trip and go like, and see yeah. what we can get. <laughs> so I feel like there are a lot in SoCal. Yeah, so if you are in California, there's one that I know about. It's called Captain's Auction. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I've in, heard of that one. Yeah, so yep. that's in Southern California. In in um, Orange County, I think. I don't remember exactly where, but... Maybe Anaheim seems familiar. Yeah, something I don't, like that. I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, th- there's places like that. So they th- those places typically have like a website, a mailing list, actually, um, or like a Twitter feed, and you can see when the next auction is. And usually, I think they have an auction like every week, maybe, or every month. Mm-hmm. It's quite often. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty often. That's great. And, and like a DDR machine will come up, you know... Quite soft, yeah. quite often, you know, yeah. so you'll see something like or, that. Or pump it up machine or whatever you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. I, yeah. It can be I, I a know. game of patience, especially depending <laughs> yeah. on your area and the frequency they come up. That's, yeah. that's you're diligent and stay on top of it. Yeah, I would say don't find something. Like, don't rush into it. Don't think that, like, if you search eBay, which I would not recommend, actually, but um, if you're, like, searching, you know, Cra- well, Craigslist is not a bad uh, bad option, but... Craigslist um, is a great option. Yeah, but if you see things that, that are, you know, too expensive or, um, you know, are... DDR USA mix cabinet with a LCD screen replacement, then uh, don't think that you have to settle for that. I would say, like you said, be mm-hmm. patient and, um, you know, keep looking. Or you could see that as a challenge. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'm going to get myself a great DDR USA with this awful LCD screen. <laughs> or you and could I'm be gonna... really lazy or... and just buy a Step Maniac's cabinet. Yeah. Well, that's, well, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the other that's option. That's a good it's... segue into it, it, the it... next best option we have today. Yeah. <laughs> There are new cabs More expensive, being but yeah. Yeah, yeah, SMX cabs are great pieces of hardware. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the full SMX setup with the pads and the cabinet, and mm. I've seen you uh, hook up your PC so you can play Step Mania on it, and it's it literally 45 seconds. Just switch a few connectors, mm-hmm. and then you have a brand new shiny machine yeah. that doesn't need any work or maintenance. That's going to be great for you out of the box. You can also buy the Step Maniacs pad mm-hmm. uh, by itself, so that because um, you don't really need the computer bit unless you want you want to be real fancy. Yep. Um, you know, if you have like a 
PC that's the extra PC lying around, you can use that with the Step Maniacs pad mm-hmm. also. Yeah, they're just USBs, but they, like you need yeah. the PC no and you need the monitor so. and you need the speakers and yeah. you need the inputs. Yeah, like, so I so I think I think that kind of segues into another question I think that a lot of people have and I see this come up a lot is that if somebody buys just pads, if if they, you know, they don't have a machine or even if they do have a machine, I guess it, it doesn't really matter either way. Um, if you want to play Step Mania, um, or you know ITG, yeah, how do you go about doing that? Uh, connecting the pads to that. So Step Maniacs is really easy. I mean, yeah, Step Maniacs yeah. is really easy since mm-hmm. that's just USB. Literally um, USB. Well, I'm, but I, I don't know. So have, I, like, I mean, DDR D- pads. I mean DDR yeah. pads. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy, if you mm-hmm. manage to find DDR pads or a machine or whatever, yeah. you want to convert it into an ITG yeah. or you know Step or, Mania. Or machine. say like you buy a junk cab and you just you just want to throw away the, the cabinet part itself. You just want the pads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, there's a few uh, really great options that are available today. Probably the one of the things I've seen most commonly used is that you can get uh, what's called a J-Pack. And this is typically if you have the full cabinet set up. That's J-P-A-C. J-P-A-C. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, a relatively cheap piece of hardware um, uh, that you can find online if you do a quick Google search. But what that does is it in the back of uh, the cabinet, there's a... Um, uh, there's a board um, that has all of the different connections kind of summarized into one, and the JPAC will be able to um, allow you to plug that in, and so the entire cabinet can be routed to a PC. Uh, just translate it all through translates it all through USB, so that's one option. Uh, and VGA also. So yes, and v- uh, although um, I don't know if it's typically recommended to go through the VGA and the JPAC. Typically, you might want to connect that directly to your PC, or if you have a CRT, you're going to want to use a special video card with special software. Um, to be able to to make that work, uh, yeah. that part can be really tricky, especially with the CRT. <laughs> it seems it seems like it's mon- kind of like LCD. It seems like monitors and lights are, are <laughs> the, the hardest <laughs> thing to yeah, get yeah, working. They on are. These. How much are but, uh, packs? Like how much? Are they? Like sixty bucks. Okay. They're really not bad. So not like computer priced. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. And there's a, another uh, option, which is a nice piece of hardware um, uh, that's come out over, I think, the past two, three years or so. There's the Get I.O. and the Bar I.O. If you have uh, Pump It Up pads or if you have DDR pads, um, those allow you to connect the pads, if you don't even have a cabinet, directly to a PC, uh, which is really handy. handy. Uh, you don't you don't get the lights, which is, you know, if you're just looking for input, that's fine. Uh, but um, uh, it's a really nifty little piece of hardware that does a great job of just connecting directly to your PC. Cool. Nice. That's a, a lot of options there. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to be clear, like if you're also listening to this and you've been thinking about getting in on the next Step Maniacs batch, um, really what you're getting when you buy Step Maniacs pads is like amazing customer service. Um, and like you, like I have not had to do any maintenance whatsoever. I, I highly recommend them. Like I mean, had, I own them. Yeah, yeah. Now. Like I guess Sarah and I both own them, but they, it's like, yeah, I think like you. They, I mean, they're price prohibitive though. They are. They're, they're they very, really are. They're that's very true. expensive. They, really they, are. they are higher end than, yeah, yeah. than I yeah. think a lot no, of people that's, can that's afford. That's very true. Yeah. So, um, for maybe cheaper options, uh, we had a lot of people asking about, uh, other like home setups and things as mm-hmm. well. Which, unfortunately, there's not a lot of uh, new pads being produced yeah. at all. Um, so, you, basically, you'd have to just search eBay or Craigslist, I would say, for yep. for Blue Shark or um, Cobalt, Cobalt Fluxes. Cobalt Flux or, is still an okay option. Yeah, or, or, or Precision Dance Pads. Or you can build your own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, another option. We had yeah. a local, <laughs> yeah, we had a local um, DDR player uh, fun post. 
who posted a Twitter video um, of a all wooden DDR pad, which blew yes. my mind. Yeah, she yeah she <laughs> that made was it, insane. Made it herself. It's, yeah, it's only like a couple pieces too. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. So it's crazy. pretty wild. It's super crazy. I, yeah, I don't know if we want to get into all the de- <laughs> details of building wood versus well, metal. Building actually, your own pad. We but... did get a question on Twitter from uh, X Dankmeister, who he asked, um, "How would you go about constructing the best home pad and bar?" Uh, possible for a reasonable price. So wood, I guess. I'm going to opt out of this yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah this th- is, th- uh, that requires more technical I'm not a maker. Than, than I have. There's... Yeah, I mean, there's, um, so for the bars, I guess you might need to know some welding. Uh, or you can grab a chair and put some paint cans on it. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. my setup or back go, in the day. Shout out to Chris. Yeah, yeah. Chris uh, yeah. videos is what I remember. Find a big couch. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Go, go into a basement, uh, hold on to a plushy couch and a cobalt oh flux, God. and then you'll be the best DDR player in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Building your own bar is arguably harder than building your own pad just because of the physics and the weight-bearing yeah. aspect of it. It's mm-hmm. very tricky yeah. uh, to be able to do. And but, it, um, it's very, like, you know, the, the bars and arcades are really tough, too. Mm-hmm. Like they, uh, they are welded to the... Uh, uh, and screwed into the bottom of the pad. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen people use just like the I don't know what size metal piping it is, um, but they use it for like handrails and stuff. Kind of, it's yeah. probably just like inch quarter like metal piping, and like just two vertical pieces, and then like a ninety degree connector. Um, you know, to get the curve on there. Yeah. I've kind of seen those and it has <laughs> like seen it, that as well. it has like sort of like a flared base thing that that drills into the. Uh, you know, if you have your pad on wood or whatever, however you have it set up, um, that's what I always envisioned when I was, when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have my own DDR pad and for the bar. Cause my grandma's garage had these metal bars like that, like as, <laughs> as the handrails looking at the bar. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I could like totally make a DDR bar <laughs> out of this stuff. I remember seeing uh, like little bike racks and stuff, and I just go. I would put my hand on. I'd be like, "Is this the right height?" I'd, like grab it. Oh like, my god! Yeah, this seems about right. Who, yeah. makes, who makes this? Nerds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got the money, you could probably hire a uh, like a metal worker to bend pipes for you, yeah. and and you know, and then get them powder coated, yeah. which. Is yeah. If you need, if, if you buy a, a a messed up old cab and you want to get the bars mm-hmm. repainted, yep. uh, I would say powder coating. Yes, is, I've done that. And, uh... Is is the best solution for mm-hmm. for restoring bars because it it use it's such a cool process actually that yeah. it uses like basically powdered paint pigments. They they'll like sand off all the old stuff. Um, I don't know exactly how it works, but it's like. Magnets or something. Yeah, yeah. They like run electricity through through the metal that like magnetizes it somehow, and then it attracts all the powder, you know, the paint powder to oh, it, wow. so yeah. that it's really evenly distributed. And then they like blast it with heat, and then it melts that powder. Yeah, yeah. at least it, that's it, like, it that's kind of like my understanding. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So the reason why that's important is that cause... sounds metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so. I, I used to play at an arcade who um, they, they had to repaint their bars and their solution to this was like buy paint oh, no. from the store and oh, they, they literally painted the bars. It yeah. certainly looked good for a little uh. while. But man, we all got like caught red-handed. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. oils and metal ruin it. And like, be, having access to those types of things is just 
it, it's such a great time to be alive right now because yeah. like you can walk into machine shops and you can ask them about these things and you can get these things done for a relatively mm-hmm. low cost as opposed to a few yeah. years ago when oh, uh, like getting these types of modifications done, like getting powder coating done or having a machinist make a custom piece of metal. Yeah. Like you could only get that done in batch orders at scale and like you need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for all mm-hmm. these things. You can do these one-offs and it's just great. Yeah. Some, I saw somebody recently just today posted pictures of 3D printed brackets Yes. Uh, that they had on their machine. Mm-hmm. Um Future's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, now, if, you're, if you're in the Bay Area, I, I, if you're in the Bay Area and you're listening to this, I highly recommend this place in Oakland called The Crucible. Mm. Fantastic little metalworking shop. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you're in any kind of Give decently sized city, there'll, there'll be these options out there. But the other thing I want to say about powder coating too is it's not all about the looks. It also feels way better. So like even if your bar is just kind of you know losing a little bit of paint on the top, you should just do it anyway. It costs about. Uh, I think 130 bucks is what I paid for, for mine hmm. for two bars. Wow! So um, I would totally do it. James also told me about a site recently uh, that I bought uh, one blue arrow panel oh, just yeah. to put in my room <laughs> because I I, I just love blue because it's the best color. It's a good color. <laughs> and uh, I like DDR, so why not just use it as art? And then I got actually two. Uh, I want to try out the authentic like DDR leather pads um that you the, can like tie on the bar yeah. pads yeah, uh, those are 20 bucks each um and i want to put those on my stomach cab just because i haven't found a good solution for like grip yeah and the site is i don't know the exact url but it's called arcade spare parts arcade spare parts yeah. is it just that dot com i think it is oh, arcadespareparts.com yeah. it it's the ASP. first time yeah first time i went on that also. last week <laughs> yeah um, and, and they, if you're looking for components like if you're if you're if you're cheap cab neat stuff that you're you want to hack with Yep, they have official stuff. Yeah, for all dance games. Yeah, and and sensors. They yeah, sensors, they yeah. sensors yeah. and exactly. panels yeah. and all sorts That's a of good stuff. Resource. Yeah, it's probably one of the only resources mm-hmm. to get firsthand parts uh, for your uh, dance games these days. That and uh, I think it's betsonparts.com hmm. yeah. uh, also sells to consumers. But yeah. yeah, if you need new arrow panels or if you mm-hmm. need new brackets or uh, sometimes they sell like PCBs and boards and upgrade kits and whatever else. So one yeah. thing to keep in mind, uh, Arcade Spare Parts uh, does sell reproduction parts. So okay. those, those are actually yes. not from Konami. It's a good distinction um, to make. And uh, Betson has some new old stock of uh, Konami official parts. Uh, but it's, it's actually kind of a toss-up whether or not you'll get uh, a legitimate one or a repro. <laughs> um, and Betson is also based in the U.S in Chicago, uh, whereas Arcade Spur Parts is in Hong Kong. So shipping times <sighs> might be a little bit longer. At least the shipping cost is reasonable. Yeah, like yeah. Like 10 yeah. bucks. I just don't know if I could ever give bets and money again. Because <laughs> they we made all, Supernova. Yeah, times. we all kind of... Um, <laughs> we all kind of hate up didn't work. I mean, they straight up just didn't work. Like... We don't we don't use Betson cab in a in a light in, in a in a positive, positive light in a positive light yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we got a lot of questions on Twitter yeah uh, I mean I had one that I I think the main the most common modification I see on people's machines is upgrading from a CRT to a mm. uh, you know LCD juicy yeah controversial so yeah. so what what's the uh, I I think it's most commonly common on ITG cabinets because people want a bigger monitor. Um, I don't see too many people playing DDR on, <laughs> on widescreen monitors, but so what's kind of the uh, the process of going, you know, upgrading, upgrading. to and, and like what what do you look for in a in a good monitor? So there's there's a, a lot of 
complexities to this question. Uh, so if you're so first of all, if you're playing DDR, like if you're playing on stock 573 hardware, it's going to be challenging upgrading to an LCD monitor because the actual hardware is not compatible with LCD monitors. It, it, the resolution just isn't going to work. There's ways that people have gotten it to work. Um, one of the reasons why people can be very purist, and I understand this appreciation for using CRTs with older hardware, is that that hardware was designed specifically for this resolution to work at this specific refresh rate. And it looks very good. Mm -hmm. And it does have this very uh, kind of like eclectic, yeah, yeah nostalgic yeah. Low too, feel right? The to resolution's it. pretty low as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's something is it's like 180 by yeah. like 260, like something like that. Um, it is quite low. Um, but part of the nature of older arcade games, not necessarily just DDR, but like uh, tabletop games or like Pac-Man, um, is that they were designed specifically to work in these resolutions. Yeah. Um, so there definitely is a, a culture and appreciation for having that CRT hardware. Mm -hmm. uh, there is very low latency. Mm -hmm. um, so latency is the amount of time it takes for an input to go through a computer or a processor and, and surface back up on the monitor. I think Roger has a rant about clocks or something <laughs> that would be Roger, applicable it's here. It's called Roger Clock. Uh, Roger, Roger Clock. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we can go back, a... I think, two or three episodes and, and listen to that. <laughs> Super important for <laughs> Games, uh, yes, it well very important because when you get into delays in the milliseconds, then mm -hmm. it, that that goes your entire game. I am yeah. um, very much of the uh, uh, opinion that there are LCDs today that are very comparable to CRT monitors in terms of latency. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, when you're talking about connecting to a personal computer, you're running Stepmania, or uh, you have a, a custom build that you're that you're using. You can absolutely use an LCD monitor, and I believe you actually should. A lot of people try and get their PCs to work with CRTs, and not not trying to be controversial. If you want to do that, that's. <laughs> Uh, that's excellent, and I really appreciate your um, uh, your appreciation to detail and wanting to get that CRT to work. It is definitely more. I don't want to get blasted because like people can be very defensive about it's these true. decisions, mm -hmm. and uh, like they're because they're very passionate about uh, the equipment that they own, and I totally get that. Um, and not everybody likes the look <laughs> of having a because you know stock DDR cabs aren't meant to right. house a, uh, <laughs> a, a widescreen monitor in That's them. Right. And yeah. so a lot of people just kind of bolt it onto the front. <laughs> and it's it's not the best looking thing no. ever. And, but not not everybody cares about yeah. that. Mm. Or you can rebuild the entire top part of the housing. <laughs> yeah, like you, you like, my cabinet, yeah. like you did. Because <laughs> I also hate that look. I'm like, I'm not bolting this like whatever monitor on well the... you're i mean you're a designer by trade like obviously these things bother you <laughs> they very much Pic so like yeah. slight pixel misalignments probably <laughs> they bother do. you yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> um... clearly it's, it's clearly something pasted on top of something that does not belong yeah. and bother you it does so uh, to, to get back on trap there are many 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 viable uh, lcd options that are, are out there today there's a website called display it's displayleg.com, I believe, um, where uh, there's a, a group of people that run tests to actually test the display leg. Um, so mm -hmm. when you buy 
a monitor, there's going to be um, like they, they have some sort of metric that they usually talk about, which is like, oh, the um, like the the refresh rate or the, the input delay is like X amount of milliseconds. And that doesn't make any sense. It's a useless metric. Uh, the only true way to be able to test these monitors is you set up a clock. <laughs> you had, like, Here we go. It's a real clock. It's, it's not a metaphorical <laughs> Roger clock. It's a real clock. <laughs> and uh, you, you set that up and then you test the, um, you actually video the LCD with a CRT. They're comparing against CRTs because they're that pure in terms of latency. Um, and they test the delay between the two in terms of how fast the clock is going. So um, hmm. this website has tested a whole bunch of monitors. And so what you want to look for if you're upgrading for an LCD is one that has performance performed very well on that website. Yeah, um, interesting. To be honest, today, you know, in 2018, uh, monitors are, um, uh, th they're coming out where that's not necessarily an issue. Like technology is advancing to the point where mm -hmm. you don't necessarily need to worry about that yeah. as much anymore. And there's so many viable, affordable options. Like you can get mm -hmm. a great replacement monitor for your cabinet for like $100, $200, like something off the shelf. That was unheard of like a couple oh, years ago. Oh, it right? was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I want to add something about the uh, latency thing too. So if you if you are buying like a more recent monitor, like a lot of the a lot of the one hundred two hundred dollar like um, LCD LED monitors, uh, they have something called a game mode mm -hmm. on them yes. usually, which when you turn that on, it, it disables all the post processing upscaling um, on the on the display, and it, it makes it so that latency is at the absolute best. Um, and if you're going really over the top, and you want to get an LCD screen for your for your cab. Um, you should try to look for uh, medical grade LCD monitors. Interesting. Which, uh, so th these I are, haven't heard of this. Yeah, so these are basically um, uh, dumb panels uh, that uh, don't have, they don't connect to the internet, they don't have apps. Um, it doesn't even have maybe like uh, most of the inputs that people are familiar with, but they, um, they're designed to be super low latency, super color accurate cool. uh, monitors. Interesting. Great tip. And, those are uh, those tend to be more expensive new, but there's a ton of used ones because there's like hospitals and stuff that are um, getting rid of them constantly. So medical grade, um, high definition you monitors. You may have just are... spawned a huge underground market now for <laughs> medical grade monitors. Yeah, oh, yeah. man, it's gonna, it's gonna be like the, the Puma taper uh, oh my gosh, resale yes. market of of like 2008, of like a black market for one really specific type of shoe. Ridiculous. Um, These arcade rats big, buying a pair of used shoes for three hundred dollars <laughs> wear shoes you're comfortable in don't yeah yeah don't. That's, we're not gonna well, yeah sorry we'll I brought, sorry shoes. i brought up shoes <laughs> just, um i think i some, didn't go there you went there i i, I think some of the the more the more common uh modifications are uh either foam modding pads kind of yeah. raising the panels a little bit or and countersinking brackets um so countersinking brackets. I feel like we might have talked about this at some point on the show, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's basically you, you're using a um, a Dremel tool, a special. Uh, no, not or it's not a Dremel. Not a Dremel. It, Dremel's it, for like micro drilling, but yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, um, a, it's a special drill bit that drill you can bit, use. Yeah, that that makes the uh, <laughs> you're you're getting rid of some of the metal in the bracket essentially to create like a little crater in there where the the countersink screw which yeah. is designed to fit in there uh which has a flat top on it um so it'll be completely flush with the bracket um and so you know your shoes won't get caught on the, the screws that stick Sorry up in my life honestly i don't know why they don't just make 
pads like that in the first place? I'm expensive. Also, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so actually, the new Pump It Up uh, pads are kind of designed like that. Like, there's not even really brackets. They brackets yeah, there anymore. Yeah, it's just part of the yeah. panel. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess speaking of Betts and Supernova cabinets, they they just... <laughs> they it was just yeah, it was just a flat piece of metal. There weren't uh, even any brackets uh, on it. But so, and you hit the panel and it doesn't register and it's a brand new cab. You're like, la, 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 la. Yeah, there, there are a lot of other issues with that. <laughs> Um, I, I don't want to I get, I get, I get like shivers just thinking about it. It's yeah. So, I don't know. I see it, Mike. Do, That's what I quit In 20 years, you're not going to get everything perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, do you have a specific counter sinking uh, story? Guy, well, no, guide on, on Hack My Cat. I, I, I do. I believe I do. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've, I've done an audit of all the articles I have on there, but I'm pretty sure I have a guide on there for how to counter sink. And it's, uh, uh, it's really not that difficult. Just um, requires the right equipment. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you can get the bits on Amazon for like five dollars. Um, some people will opt to get the more uh, um, the more durable bits, which can run you like I don't know fifty to one hundred dollars. That will last you. I got a, I opted to get a few of the cheaper ones because I'm never going to use these ever again after <laughs> I do these specific brackets. Um, one of the mistakes that I've seen people make, I've actually seen this I think two or three times, is that when you do the countersinking. Um, you tip. You want to do it on like where the bracket is going to sit on the pad. Sometimes people will take them out or they'll drill into the same spot on the pad and just rotate them out. You don't want to do that because you're going to end up drilling holes in your pad and then your bracket won't fit anymore. Um, I've seen people do that where it's like, oh, I can't screw this in anymore because uh, I've been drilling repeatedly into the same hole to do, to do this countersinking. Uh, um, and what can happen too is that when you countersink, uh, you can, there's a metal part under the bracket that the screw goes into um, and you can, uh, it, you can end up drilling a little bit into that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's fine, but your countersink can end up molding to that specific spot. So it can be difficult to shift them around. Usually it's not that big of a deal, but it's typically easier just to go around your pad and go around each corner and drill them in. Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. Mo- and most people only countersink the inner brackets. Because uh, yeah, you don't do, the, do yeah, all the screws. Yeah, you so. don't really need to do the outer ones. Unless, yeah. I mean, unless I guess you're playing doubles, you might want to do the the very. And I'm looking at oh, <laughs> the, the DDR machine right now <laughs> outside the studio. Um, yeah, that you know, you, you might want to do the the middle ones um, between the pads if, yeah. if if you want if you're playing doubles. But who plays doubles? Yeah. <laughs> You'll survive. I so, do. Sarah actually does have a great uh, countersinking guide on Heck My Cap. Oh, there you go. So, so. there's even a, a project <laughs> breakdown, a cost, and a time amount. Yes. So it's wonderful, wonderful I, guide. I appreciate you noticing that. That's actually the the formula I take for all of the the articles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part That's... of when I was uh, you know going through my way back machine days and bringing up these old relics of articles is that yeah. there was Jeff definitely this theme of assumed knowledge uh, that um, like, oh, you just know where to get all of these parts or you already have these things on hand or you already know how to connect everything all together. Um, and uh, I, I have some experience with tech writing and the way I wanted to approach this was uh, like, how would I explain this to my mom? Yeah. Uh, um, since it can be really intimidating owning a machine and when you come into this and it's just like, I'm just going to assume that you know all of this taxonomy and you know all of this nomenclature and you know all of this hardware and whatever else, but there wasn't, uh, as you wanted to get through these concepts of how do I even modify my pads? Um, there's, I wanted to help people understand that assumed knowledge that uh, isn't really necessarily accessible or when you're owning a machine for the first time. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, like where where do you even start? Well, you can start here with a breakdown, and you can start with the parts you need to buy, and you can start with knowing where to get them. 
So speaking of that, that leads great into a question from uh, uh, Great Dame Cygnus on Twitter. Uh, they ask, um, uh, always found it amazing how you constructed Hack My Cab. Hey, you uh, skipped the best part oh, of the Hey, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, girlfriend. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they're asking, uh, where did your technical, uh, mechanical knowledge come from? Uh, were you an arcade tech, uh, a hardware enthusiast, or just a person who loves tinkering? <laughs> uh, I was uh, def- definitely not an arcade tech. Um, Although we all uh, wanted to be at some point. Oh, absolutely. I'm oh, like, I did be my dream. <laughs> I definitely, definitely speak for yourself. <laughs> just, me, just me, then. No, I, I, I'm like, that would be great. Because... If I could make enough money to sustain my lifestyle doing that, I would yeah. absolutely love uh, well, to do that. Well, at 14, I was be- thinking about yeah, because as, as a kid who went to an arcade a lot and complained yeah. a lot to the <laughs> team, I, I would not want to be a totally team I wanted to be team doctor of the LA Lakers. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, uh, so um, I, I mentioned the word failure a few times. I I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. Um, I, I guess to my advantage, I've always been a bit of a project person. Um, like I, I like taking things apart and putting them back together again. Uh, but I knew absolutely nothing about like, you know, I've never programmed an Arduino before. I've never... Uh, opened up a DDR pad before. I've never built a Stepmania PC before or had any idea how any of this stuff connected together. Um, so there was no, like... It, the the result of hack my cab that was not me just knowing everything that's going on and I'm just gonna type this out and put this up. Um, it, lots of trial and error. Uh, like I would have an idea for something and usually I would go through multiple iterations uh, through it. Like how to. Um, uh, like I, I wanted to change the graphics on the the arrow panels. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, I mean, if you want to design a new podcast logo, just tell uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and my first thought was like, well, okay, so like getting all of this custom cut polycarbonate or acrylic, like that's going to be like three, four hundred dollars. What if I can just clean all this stuff off and then put new decals under it? And so I did that and it kind of worked, but it was still a little cloudy um, and it was a huge pain to essentially burn off all of the printed graphics <laughs> that are really fused on the underside of those panels. But it was a learning experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are some people now that that. Um, make and sell. They do, new, new, which is new, great. New panels. Um, I think I don't know off the top of my head. I think Car- Carlos might design some. I don't know. There's a yeah. couple. There's a couple of people on he Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. You could probably ask in the the DDR players group on Facebook or DDR on ITG players group. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's there, people there, that there, do them now. Yeah. There are people that will design you whatever you want your panels to look like, <laughs> yeah. and they'll you know can either uh, sort of print the the graphics for you or print them directly on the panels and and send them to you. And that's hard. Like printing directly on the plastic is very difficult. You Mm -hmm. need very special machinery to be able to do that and to be able to print white ink and have it uh, be able to be backlit and everything else. Yeah. So if that's, and then there's people who make reproduction marquees uh, and and custom marquees, which I know is something that you did too uh, for your, Mm -hmm. your cab. Um, And you did all the bezel and stuff. You kind of went over (laughs) the top, but I had an aesthetic. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's kind of all those options out there. So if if you don't have the, you know, know how or or skills to design these things, um, you know, ask around, like I said, on, on the the, the Facebook groups and people can point you in the right direction of the people who, 
who do do those yeah. sort of things. Indeed. So, I mean, Sarah hangs out in our Discord. So, oh, yeah. I good, do. good plug for our Discord too. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We haven't mentioned <laughs> can, the, the Discord in a while. Yeah, yeah there's a totally. Yeah, there's a uh, SF Evolved Discord. Let's um, go to our Twitter. Um, I think there's an invite link. Is there. it still? Yeah, it's still. Yeah, it's, there is. It's yeah, still. Did, p- it's pinned at the top there. Yeah, if you, you want to join see our Discord invite link there. Yeah. So yeah, I, there's another yeah. good question from uh, Dan Adam KOF, a friend of the show. Um, anything you'd like to mention regarding cleaning, products that you like, techniques that you use, or any tricks that you have? No, I, <laughs> I, I don't use. Yeah, don't use anything overly corrosive. Uh, is pretty much the big thing. Like, don't use CLR on your pads because that's probably going to destroy the paint. Um, I, I I would always just kind of use Windex or even just like a damp paper towel to be able to clean things off. Now, that being said, this that comment was also under the assumption that like, oh, I have my cab in decent shape and I'm going to clean it. Uh, if you've bought a DER cabinet, let's say you've gone to an auction and you're like, great, I have this 15 year old cabinet that I need to start to take apart. Then, <laughs> then, yeah, then you really need to do a deep clean because yeah. you open up those pads and there's going to be like rat poop and like bowling alley soda and just like hair. Yeah, and go look at Bitwix's like, Twitter. Yeah, oh my yeah. goodness! For how he... So awful. Well, yeah. it, it actually is important because like uh, this will affect the performance of the pad. Yeah. Um, it if... will affect the performance of your life. You don't want to be breathing that in. Indeed, it's yeah. gross. Uh, so there, are, like, you need like a vacuum and then you might want to get out your clr like for my pads i just i vacuumed everything out and i used a paint stripper to get all the stuff Uh, off since i wanted to repaint it and just went to town on it yeah Um, actually yeah you can get if you strip everything off your pads you can get your pads actually um completely powder coated you can yeah Yeah, absolutely can i think fit twix leon did Um, as well yeah also nine volt battery uh, did that oh yeah which is pretty amazing yeah and you can pick any color you want basically yeah you can do yeah, big blue. Yeah, actually, I have some things to say about this too. The so uh, one one of the things that happened to a lot of my cabs is uh, the buttons, uh, like the actual menu buttons uh, on the cab itself, uh, get a little sticky sometimes. And uh, the best thing for that is to is to take the button apart. There's not that many parts to it, um, and uh, use some rubbing alcohol on the on the inside of the plastic piece of the of the button. And uh, that'll get that fixed up right up right up for you. Yes, somebody um, needs to do that on the the down button of the one player side of the <laughs> the right cab at, yeah. at at San Jose because it gets oh stuck God. all the time and it'll start it'll start scrolling through the song uh, wheel yeah, as yeah. you're trying to. Yeah, so that that'll help with that. And then also um, the other thing I want to say was uh, if you get your pad or if you get your machine, um, remove all the brackets on the inside. So if you take the the uh, panel off you'll see that there's uh, four sensors, and on top of the four sensors there are these, uh, like, L-bracket things. Um, and it, it, it's quite often that the, uh, the area underneath the L-bracket gets really dirty. Uh, and if that gets dirty, then the brackets will stick, and then, you get, uh, then you'll get spurious input, which is really bad. So, <clears throat> again, take some uh, rubbing alcohol, and then uh, to, to sort of lubricate it a little bit, you can use a little bit of silicon lubricant uh, on the underside of the L-bracket. And... Uh, that will improve your awesome. scores. Interesting. Quite. And I, I mean, I can definitely vouch playing on this machine always feels like really good. Uh, so thanks. I think it's not you, as good as Jeff Lloyd's machine. Sure. But, uh, but I mean, uh, I think what you're like, I'm just trying to vouch like what you're suggesting <laughs> almost definitely works, works for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, 
cabinets are it's it's always an ongoing thing. Yep. Stuff, is. stuff is gonna stop working. It's you're, a living thing. Yeah, you're you're never done. Yeah, you're, you're never, never done. done. Yeah. So never you're done. always gonna have to maintain your your cabs. You know, it, even if you do you know foam modding, which very briefly is basically using like weather stripping or some sort of other foam or tape to put on top of the L brackets to kind of raise the uh, the panels so that they're not quite as recessed in the and, pad. And more sensitive, too. Yeah, well, which, yeah, in turn makes them more sensitive. Um, you know, that foam will get worn down, it'll get squished down, and you may have to put, you know, another layer on or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's never going to work 100% of the time. You're always going to have to kind of to, to upkeep it. Uh, so Another thing that gets worn down, and this is a, a, a tip that seems to be a, a big epiphany for, for people as they're running into sensor issues, is that the sensor channel... So you have the, the DDR sensor, which is like the... Or the, the pad sensor, which is like the rectangular rubber thing that sits inside of a channel. Uh, what can end up happening is that the the channel sides start to get... Uh, they start to get worn down, or if the sensor starts to get worn down, when you hit the arrow, the plastic arrow panel, it starts to hit the channel instead of the sensor. Mm. Um, so if you modify it, so you put, um, like put a few pieces of paper or tape or something to underneath the sensor, not on top. A lot of people do on top, but if you do it underneath the sensor inside of the channel, that helps raise it, which can avoid a lot of pad issues. Hmm. Um, I've helped people die, like, maybe six or seven times diagnose that and they're like oh i tried everything and i've ri- run into this before and then oh my gosh it actually works because i'm hitting the sensor now nice. interesting um anything else you got in your note there oh we're, my goodness we're, we're, good question we're running a little long and a little hot in here <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so, a little so, high i'm happy to answer more questions I want to give one, one more plug uh, yeah. while, you're, while you're looking through there but uh, we got another question about if there's any good guides for uh pieces and parts of, of terminology and uh, cab maintenance. Uh, this is from uh, Jonathan Campbell on Twitter. Um, so I do have a good guide. Uh, uh, my friend Dragon Minded, uh, who's uh, another uh, another person part of the DDR community, has GameRepair.info, oh, yeah. which is a, a totally wonderful good. wiki. I've uh, seen that before. It's yeah. great. Yeah, so it's primarily really focused on B-Money games, uh, uh, rhythm games, and there's a whole page about Dance Dance Revolution, and there's a lot of information about um, all the CRT stuff that we were talking about, especially with um, the challenges of getting a CRT screen working with the, with the JPEG, uh, involving like 15 kilohertz and all that stuff. So check out GameRepair.info. Um, and then also, yeah, like uh, uh, Xenius iVanisher is another good uh, forum where people talk about um, arcade maintenance and stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think between gamerepair.info and hackmycab.com, <laughs> that, that, that's all the the information you need, probably. Yeah, and yeah. then just chat in our Discord. Yeah, chat in Discord. Absolutely. Someone's probably gonna help you out. Yeah, because yeah. uh, there's a fair number of uh, machine owners in there. Indeed. Yeah, I think there's actually a machine owners uh, Facebook group as well. There is. Yeah, there is. It, yeah, and a Discord channel too. Yeah. So lots of resources. Um. Sweet. I believe, yeah, I believe that's it I for that's it. for uh, today on our main topic. Um, we'll really quickly hit, there's a lot of tournaments and events and stuff coming up. Oh, boy. Which we'll hit very quick as James thinks about his song selection for Tap Set of the Week. Oh, okay. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, so we'll give you a minute there to think about that. Um, he didn't get the memo earlier. <laughs> Um, so November 16th through 18th is the Game Underground uh, Arcade Championship 3, Guac 3. Um, so that's going to be at in uh, Waltham, Massachusetts. It's 2DX, DDR, Sound Voltex, Pop and Music, U-Beat. Um, 
So yeah, if you're in the Massachusetts area, I'm not sure exactly where that is. I think it's near Boston. Could be wrong. Um, and the same weekend, November 16th or 18th, is DreamHack Atlanta, um, which is titled The Calm Before the Storm. Nice. So it's a, little, it's a little, it's a, a collaboration with D- the DDR Storm Group, but it's just like a little bit smaller of a, a storm event. Uh, it's going to be DDR and uh, Pump It Up. I'm really excited for Raj La Garage 5 and uh, Columbus, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. I always forget which C city it is. And that's uh, 7th and 9th, uh, 7th to the 9th. And there's like every rhythm game ever uh, because it's sponsored by Tokyo Tech plus other ridiculous games like Bishi Bashi. Um, I'm going to enter Bishi Bashi. Really? <laughs> I that's great. Yeah. Which, which, yeah, if you don't know what Bishi Bashi is, it's a... Just, it's, just go Google it. Yeah, it's a little like um, mini game sort of yeah, game. It's that, like, a little bit like uh, WarioWare. Yeah, but, yeah, but it basically has pop and music buttons on it that you use <laughs> to, to do stuff. They're literally the same buttons as pop and music. Yeah. Which, by the way, I should also mention, uh, if you go to these kind of events like Raj, uh, there are a ton of arcade game collectors and maintainers that go to these places. Mm-hmm. So if you network around and uh, if you uh, you know get out of your comfort zone and talk to these people, they will gladly open up to you about um, maintaining cabs, how to buy cabs. Maybe they'll even sell one to you. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and then we got De- yeah. December to so remember. This is going to be a really cool event. So um, December 29th, it's being put on by the FST Freestyle Takeover Squad. And they're doing, uh, it's exciting because for many reasons. One, it's going to be another freestyle plus tech tournament, which is always fun. It's going to be in Oakland. It's going to be, that's the second part. Yeah. It's going to be at the Esports Arena in Oakland, Ooh. which is going to be a great, hopefully, future spot for so- or, uh, for NorCal tournaments. Wow. Um, and third, thirdly, thrice, thricely, what's going to happen <laughs> is it's going to be an 8v8 crew battle for tech they're still they're gonna print the rules i believe before the weekend is what i was told my inside sources tell me um but we're gonna have team captains <laughs> we're gonna have qualifiers so if you're on the tech side like it's gonna be fun obviously all the top freestylers are gonna be there because it's put on by the freestyle group so i don't know i'm really looking forward to it this is december 29th in Oakland. are we gonna do an sf evolved crew I mean, yeah. we'll see how it shakes. The rules are going to be really... I, all I can say is uh, the rules are going to be really interesting. And, I, and I, I will probably be doing freestyle commentary, so... Excellent. Yeah, I, I, it's cool to see sort of different styles of, of events and stuff coming up. So, speaking of which, yeah, uh, yeah starting uh, January 1st, running through May, uh, May 1st, uh, 2019, is Everyone Can Fantastic Attack, ECS, ECFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's an, a remote ITG tournament uh, focused on... Tech and Fantastic Attack, FA+. plus. Very fun and cool community. And yeah, like I think ITG charts are just like super interesting now. And just like, yeah, go challenge yourself. It's really, it's cool. I like it's pe- cool. seeing people focus on FA too. Yeah, That's totally. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit further out, we got March 15th through the 17th is Rumble in the Prairie 11. Uh, Rumble in the Prairie 10.5 just happened this past weekend, actually. So the, the big one, 11, uh, is happening, yeah, in um, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, area um which i believe is a couple of hours outside of chicago mm-hmm. um it'll be itg singles doubles couples and mods site oh, rate wow. tournament so they got everything there awesome um and then as we've mentioned before march yeah. 29th through the 31st is the big deal 3d which will be at uh, round one in grapevine texas uh i just pre-registered for that 
Yeah. Yeah. It's another, that's going to be a big one. Uh, Pump, DDR, 2DX, Sound Voltex, Dance Rush, even? I don't know. I don't think that we've had a yeah. Dance Rush. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that'll be something to look forward to. Might, and, uh, might try and make, make my way out to that yeah. one. I, I don't think I've been, yeah, I haven't been to Texas before. I really want to go to that I've one I've been to too. a couple of airports yeah. in Texas. Everybody but that doesn't go. Everybody <laughs> I've played on the DDR good barbecue. In, in Frisco. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And naturally, uh, in case you forgot, uh, Casey is during J-Po. Yep. The Japanese Arcade Expo. Late January? Which is the last weekend of January. And, uh... Yeah, 26th and 27th. Yeah. Um, that's going to be all of Konami's games, basically. Yeah, yeah. so just if, rhythm games. if you can make it out to Japan, <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. It was very fun last year. It was. Um, yeah, we're going to have a big uh, North American crew yep. uh, again this year. So Run it back. Run it back. I don't, I don't think I can make it this year, unfortunately. But oh. You can buy a machine for what you'd spend on a ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah, <true>. basically. <laughs> yeah, so um, moving on to our tap set of the week here. And I did think of one. You did think yeah. of one. You, you want to start us off? Sure, I'll start us off. So my song pick is uh, is a kind of an old song. Uh, it's Hanaranman Flowers. Most people just know it as Flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty easy song, nice 11, but it's a, uh, I, for some reason that, that melody just came to my head right now. I was thinking, that's a nice song. Oh, it's also from Poppin' Music. So oh, it's hey, a, nice. perfect for the uh, perfect. Poppin' Music crossover event. Oh, now I want to rethink yeah. mine. <laughs> <laughs> well... Sarah had one in mind. I do. We were talking about shiny things. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Shiny World. Uh, I knew it. It's a shiny song. It's very lovely. I love. I just love the melody. It's very chill. Uh, it's a super fun chart. You don't even mind doing the crossovers in the uh, expert charts since it's just so chill. Yeah. I like it. it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite charts. Yeah. Or Yeah, if you want to play on double, if you want to do the taps of the week oh, on double, boy. The, the, the double chart for Shiny World is one of the... Like most fun double chart it's, it, in the game. It's, it's so much fun. I kind of want to play it now. Yeah, nice. you should. You should give it a try. So I know this isn't what I said earlier, but I'm wondering if we've picked it before because if we haven't, I feel like I get to claim it. You're allowed to pick fire, fire. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't think we have I for two reasons. One, I made a chart to it like in 2007. <laughs> two, San Francisco is. Oh, just so oh, yeah, yeah. smoky right now in the world. Actually, California is just on fire. So oh, there's a lot, of, lot of things. Like... Uh, Roger just tweeted about this recently. We got air, we got smoke, we got uh, fire, totally. fire. Yeah. So that's my choice. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a good one. My chart's better though. <laughs> Probably. And, yeah. I, and my chart is bad. <laughs> like, like my chart's real bad. Can, can, you, so, can you believe that? It that used, says a lot. That used to be used in tournaments. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I. I guess I don't realize how good people still were back then. Yeah. Because my best score on it back then was like a 97. Yeah, I think I... A 97.5. You got a 96. But yeah. uh, hey, at 17... People like Chunka are getting like two excellence. Yeah. <laughs> an, a uh, expert 17... Or a challenge 17 for Firefire. Fire. I'm done. That, that's... Tag me in. It's sort Konami, of... Konami, tag me in. <laughs> I'm in. Sort of like Omid's old... Yeah, we should play that on stream... Uh, on uh, a stream oh sometime. God. Speaking of streaming, <laughs> thanks to everybody who watched our, our Twitch streams. We we hit Twitch affiliate. Yeah. Yay! Um, Congratulations. Thanks. See if we can maintain it. Yeah. Well, I don't think you can lose it once you get. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. ne- next step is partner, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about yeah. that. Um, but yeah, thanks for everybody. You know, extra wa- stage watching oh, our yeah. Twitch extra stage. Yeah. What's yeah. Um, so actually, the the song that James uh, recommended was suggested a, a couple weeks ago. 
um, by Jonathan Campbell, who we mentioned earlier in the show, asked a question. So he he suggested flowers. But oh, uh, yeah, we didn't solicit uh, extra sages this week. So we're going, you know, back in the catalog to a previous one. So um, I selected Dancer in the Flare, which was suggested by uh, Julian at, song. at Max Ninja 09. That is a good song. He says a surprising hit coming from Nekamata Master. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, every, Get out of here. every Nekamata Master yeah, song is very not good. Not surprising. So, uh, the chart is a little, little tricky, yeah. but is manageable for newer and seasoned players to play. Plus, the song itself is a pseudo-electronic samba tune. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, okay, it's a really cool song. Yeah, which uh, I actually played it the other day at round one with somebody. Um, somebody picked it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this song. It's very good. Yeah. I think it's one of the really early unlocks. Like, mm-hmm. it, like right, it, it, it might be the first I think unlock. it's the first one. Uh, no, first one's Make a Jam. And then oh, yeah. One. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's in that first batch of unlocks as you start right when you create your account. So. Make a do- me, 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 me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that is your uh, tap set of the week. Thanks to Fraxtel for the uh, the leading music and the outro music. Yeah, watch it burn. You can find it at fraxtel.bandcamp.com. I think they have new song, new album coming out soon, perhaps. Oh, snap. There, there's been some teasers on Twitter. If you follow More at, bangers. Yeah, at Fraxtel on Twitter. That's F-R-A-X-T-I-L. Um, very cool music. Bangers. Bangers. <laughs> so. um, yeah, you could follow us on... Uh, Every Discord. Social... Wait, no, the other one. <laughs> every, Twitter. Every social media. Shameless. At SF <laughs> Evolved. Yeah, we're, we're the same thing. Oh yeah, and share share your tap set of the week scores, of course. Oh yeah. With hashtag well, tap set of the set. week. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna do this one. It's yeah. a pop yeah. set. It's a pop set. Yeah, it's a it's it's a, it's a good one. It's on the easier side this week. I think Firefire yeah. is only a 14, 14, mm-hmm. 13, 14 Oh, it's got a tricky run in there though. It's... Uh, yeah, I mean we've done like 17s before, so this is <laughs> this is a pretty good one. I would yeah. say. To play on difficult. Yeah, you could yeah. play whatever whatever setting you want. Um, so yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Um, and as always, thank you for listening and thank, thank you, you for playing. playing.